to the word. Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you for this night. We can just kind of lay back a little bit, just get relaxed, get refreshed in your word. Father, there's nothing more refreshing than your word. There's nothing more refreshing than coming in here and the life-giving, spirit-filled word of God. And I thank you tonight, Father, through everything we've been through this week and through today and everything that's coming up. I pray tonight for a special refreshing on every person that has made it out tonight, that we can put everything aside, put all distractions aside, put all thoughts and uh, anxiousness aside, Father, and I thank you that we can just focus and give attention to your word. I thank you tonight that we receive something that we've never seen before. We walk out of here differently than the way that we came in, and I thank you that it stirs us up for our purpose, for what you have called us to do, for what you have called us to be in this city. I thank you for every single person that is in attendance tonight under the sound of my voice. I thank you that they receive the word of God, receive life tonight in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. I promise you, when you come with an expectation, God will meet that expectation. You know, and I, I tell people all the time, you get what you expect. So if you expect something, you'll get something. If you expect nothing, you get nothing. So come with an expectation every time. Amen. Tonight, I want to talk to you about a, a subject that, uh, you know, we, we talk about a lot as, as believers, especially as, uh, you know, kingdom citizens living in uh, the kingdom, living and walking with God on a daily basis. Um, and we throw this word out there sometimes like it's almost automatic for Christians. Um, and everybody in the world is searching for this. And as the world gets darker and darker, as the times get tougher and tougher, uh, this is something that just seems harder and harder for people to come by, and that is simply peace. People are looking for peace in their lives. And uh, it, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what kind of job you have. It doesn't matter if you have kids or not. It doesn't matter what's going on. Everybody is searching for peace in life. And, you know, there's a lot of things that, as Christians, um, you know, sometimes we act like we're above, you know, because, you know, we walk with God, I'm saved, you know, these things should be happening. But there are Christians that are looking for peace just as much as anybody else in the world. And we have the answer for peace. And I love opening up the scripture, that's why I love Wednesday nights, is you get to open it up and you get to realize and recognize that that's how I get access to that. That's how I get that to work in, in my life. Because we know we should have it. In fact, if you know anything about Jesus, and you hear this a lot around Christmas time, that he is the prince of peace. We are serving the prince of peace. We're serving the one that owns and controls peace and is able and willing to give it out at any time. So we should be walking a life of peace. And there are times as believers that we have peaceful moments. We have peaceful situations or this is a real peaceful time in my life right now. But I, wanna, I want us to walk in perpetual peace. Constant, always, just no matter what's going on, I am at peace, I am at rest. And so I kind of want to uncover that tonight. I want to take a look at a few things. Um, just regarding peace. This actually got me stirred up. I was in a, a staff meeting down in St. Augustine. They had a guest speaker there this past weekend, 
and um, he was doing some leadership training, and I always get on a Skype, you know, a conference call with the meetings that they're doing every week we do that, and he was uh, throwing some stuff out there, and he was talking about peace, and I said, you know what, this stuff isn't just good for leaders and ministers, this is good for everybody, and so that's why I want to kind of get into this, because we need to discover peace. Uh, the world is looking at us, and they're wondering what's different about what we have. They're wanting to know. And this is one of the biggest areas that you can show people, I got something you don't, but I can show you how to get it. And uh, if we're walking in peace when everything seems to be falling apart around us, you're going to watch, you watch people come to you and ask you, what do you have that I don't? What are you utilizing that I'm not? Where is this resource of peace coming from that I can't seem to access? It seems like everything is just going crazy, on, going crazy in your life, but you're still walking in peace. And so we want to be witnesses. We want to be a light in darkness. Uh, go to Romans chapter 14, verse 17. I want to lay a bit of a foundation here. Romans chapter 14, in verse 17. I want to lay a bit of a foundation regarding peace and why peace is so important for believers. And in verse 17 it says, For the kingdom of God is not eating, and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Notice that peace is one of the very characteristics of the kingdom of God. Now, this is something that we're always dealing with and always struggling with, regardless of how long you have been walking with God or how long you've been saved, how long you've been a believer. This is something we have always got to be doing in our lives. You have to be able to recognize yourself as belonging to a different system and a different world. We always fight that because what we see is what we ultimately want to grab onto. What I see around me, the world that I live in around me, and a lot of times that takes priority over the kingdom of God that we know we live in. But you have to remember that you belong to a nation, a kingdom, another world, and another system that's outside of what we see and live in and dwell in day in and day out. You've got to remember that. So if the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, then this ought to be a characteristic of kingdom citizens. If peace is a, an automatic characteristic of the kingdom of God, us who live in the kingdom ought to be living righteous, ought to be living in perpetual peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is a characteristic of those of us who are in the kingdom of God. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Fruit of the Spirit, again. This is the fruit of the Holy Spirit that is now living inside of us, indwelling our lives. The fruit of the Spirit. What does that mean? The, the product of being Spirit-led is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We know those. Peace is a characteristic of someone that is operating in the Spirit, not just in the nat natural. Okay, so first two things that we've identified here is one, peace is a characteristic of the kingdom of God, which is the kingdom we now belong to. 
You belong to the kingdom of God, which you cannot see more than you belong to the world that you can see. Okay? So we should be operating according to something that we can't see, which means that peace can be in operation in our lives when everything else looks like chaos. Which also tells us this, that peace is not a product of anything that happens in the natural. What I mean is, things don't have to come in order in the natural for you to be at peace on the inside. You don't have to have the right amount of money in the bank account to be at peace. Your kids don't have to be uh, obeying you at every instant and just loving God and wanting to walk with God for you to be at peace. You don't have to have the perfect employer and the perfect co-workers to be operating in peace. Peace is a spiritual law, not a natural law. But see, what we do is, is we get moved by what we see and what we live in more, and so we feel like I don't have peace unless it's payday. I don't have peace unless the kids are on target today. I, I don't have peace unless I have the right job. I don't have peace unless all these natural things line up. But what God is saying in his word here is that peace is more spiritual than natural. Peace is more attached to the kingdom of God than it, the than the world that we see. And we know we've seen these verses before that the things that you cannot see are more real than the things you can see. The things that you cannot see are permanent, eternal, everlasting. The things that you can see, that's the temporary stuff. And the reason why people get in and out of peace is because they're tying their peace to what happens in the natural world. And they're only at peace when things are going on right naturally. And so we fluctuate in and out of this peace. And here's what happens is we associate peace with a feeling. And I want to tell you tonight, peace is not a feeling. And I can show you this in God's word. Peace is not a feeling. Well, I feel peace. You feel peace in the in, You feel peace today. You feel at peace. Peace is not a feeling. Peace is a location. It is a place. You can be in peace or you can be outside of peace is what God's word tells us. See, when we associate it with the feeling, feelings come and go. I feel like I love you today. I don't feel like I love you tomorrow. I, I feel like doing that today, but I don't feel like doing that right now. The feelings come and go. And so when we associate peace with the feeling, well, it becomes a roller coaster. People ride that emotional feeling roller coaster of, I'm at peace, things are just so peaceful today, and then the next day it's chaotic, it's anxious, it's worrisome. And so we've got to understand that we're not trying to get a feeling in our life. We're trying to get in something. We're trying to locate ourselves in a certain place. And when we can get in that place, I'm going to tell you right now, you can get in that place and never leave that place. You can get in peace and never get back out of peace. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, you can. Regardless of what happens around you, you can be in peace. You can be at peace, just like you're at church right now. You can be at peace. And God wants us to be in peace, not just feel peace. That's why he wants you to be in love 
not just feel love. He wants you to be in it. He wants you to be wrapped around it. He wants you to change locations, to get out of a place of worry and fear and anxiety and get in peace. That's where he wants you to be. And that's where we should be as kingdom citizens because it is a characteristic of the kingdom. If, we're, if we are properly going to reflect the kingdom of God, we need to be people of peace. We need to be people that bring peace. We need to be the ones that walk into chaotic situations and moments and peace just shows up. Because we showed up. Not because you're special, not because you got something that other people don't, but because spiritually you have already chosen, I'm going to go into that situation regardless of how it is, I'm going to be the peacemaker, the peace bringer. I'm at peace regardless of who's arguing with me, regardless of what I see in my bank account, regardless of what... Uh, uh, regardless of how people treat me, I'm at peace. And so we need to be that person. That is a characteristic of kingdom citizens. So it is a characteristic of the kingdom. It is a fruit of the Spirit. It is a product of living by the Spirit. It is not a feeling. It is a place. It is a location. So since peace is spiritual, it is not tied to natural things. Since peace is a spiritual characteristic, it it does not fluctuate with what happens in the natural. Peace is not a roller coaster. Peace is the, the most baseline thing you can get on. And you won't be one way one day and another way. You'll be at peace when it's time to be at peace and when everything's going good. And you'll be at peace when everything seems to be falling apart, you'll be at peace. So we've got to learn to be in this perpetual state, this perpetual place of peace. So go to Romans chapter 8, a few chapters back. Romans chapter 8 and verse 6. We're going to see a connection here to how we get peace to operate in our lives. And Romans chapter 8, verse 6 says, For to be carnally minded, that means naturally minded, is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Well, that makes sense. Since peace is a spiritual characteristic, it is not tied to anything natural. If you are naturally minded, that is death. But if you are spiritually minded, if you set your mind on things above, not on things below, Colossians chapter 3, then you will be putting your mind at peace. Notice here that peace is directly related to your mind. You will never separate the two. In fact, where people get stressed, and and, and stress is a killer. Let me just go ahead and tell you. Stress is a physical, natural killer. Many people want to tie it to uh, high cholesterol or high blood pressure or heart attack, but I can promise you, you can go even further back than that, and you'll find out that stress is what ultimately caused that. Just naturally speaking, ask any doctor. Stress is a killer. But you know where stress starts? 
right here. Stress starts with, uh, with, based on what you think and what you're thinking about and what you meditate on and what you think on. So wouldn't it stand to reason that the opposite of stress, which is peace, is also tied to your mind, is also tied to your thinking, is also tied to what you chew on and meditate on and are always processing in your mind. So peace is directly related, directly connected to our mindset, to what we think and to how we think. This is why it is possible to be at peace when everything is going chaotic, when everything around you is chaotic. Why? Because you can put your mind somewhere that's other than what's going on. I know people, I know people that nothing is going on, everything's fine, yet they're still stressed to the max. Why? Because they put their mind on something that's not actually natural, that's not actually going on. They're just stressful people. You ever been around those kind of people that just, they're just always stressed out, man. There's nothing is normal. Nothing is, I mean, really everything is going fine. What, what's the problem? Ah, just, they're just stressful people and you feel like you're going 90 to nothing just being around them. Have you ever noticed that stress is contagious? And you get around stressful people and all of a sudden you feel stressed. I have no reason to feel stressed. No bills are due. I got money in the bank. Everything is going fine. Me and spouse are doing all right. The kids are doing great. I don't even have a reason to be stressed. I feel stressed. Why? Because you're taking on their cares and their thoughts and their mindset. Stress and peace both work the same way. It doesn't matter what's going on. You can feel one or the other. And so we've got to learn to get out of this mode of being moved by everything we see and realize I'm a part of another kingdom. I'm a part of another world. I operate according to a different system. But to be frank, you know, to be honest, in this day and age, it's real easy to get stressed out. It's easy to get stressed out about stuff that doesn't even affect us. I remember, uh, you know, when I worked outside the church, and I worked with these two girls at this bank, and they were stressful people, man. They would find something to get stressed out. I'm not stressed today. I need to go, I need to go get on CNN.com, see what's going on. Something's going on. I can feel it. I, there's something I need to be stressed about, and I'm not stressed, and so I need to go research this thing. And sure enough, did you hear what's going on over in the Middle East? Nope, don't care. Don't share it with me. doesn't affect me. I'm way over here in the middle of the United States. I don't, I'm all right. I'm not in the Middle East. I'm in the West. doesn't affect me. But they will find a way to connect it, to, and they will just blow it out of proportion. They say in 25 years from now, we're not even going to be our own nation. 25 years? Are you going to be around in 25 years? That could change tomorrow. I mean, just finding something to be stressed about. And you get around those people and it, it breathes, it comes off, and, it's, and, and you begin to feel it. But we got to be the ones that get in those situations and say, man, I'm not concerned about nothing. 
But even when there were times, I mean, the day I walked in that bank and asked for an application, they were talking about being bought out. I mean, I'm serious. The day I walked in there, we're just setting ourselves up to be sold. What does that even mean? I don't you want the job? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> whatever that means. We're getting sold. No, that's not a good thing. Okay, whatever. And so that was constantly in the back of your mind. And our little branch there on little St. Augustine Beach, you know, we had all the older people, all the older accounts, all the people from New York and Philadelphia and, you know, all those states up there that moved down and they just have tons of money and don't know what to do with it, so they just throw it in banks, and that was us. And we didn't have a lot of foot traffic. Just people that wanted to stick, a, stick money in accounts for 12 months at a time and just earn a bunch of interest. And you don't see them for another year. All right, see you next year. That's literally what it was. And so there was always this, there was always this thought of, we're going to be the first ones to go, because there was another one over on the mainland that had all kinds of traffic. And we could just consolidate and go down to that one. And sure enough, if any little thing came up, if any little email came across, if anybody mentioned one thing, those two girls, man, I knew it. The day is over. That's all I'm going to hear about the rest of the day. So what are you going to do if they, if, if they say, you, you know, I'm getting my cardboard box together now. I'm starting to pack up. My, I'm already looking for, you know, just the whole thing. And I just constantly, I had this constant statement of if I if I lose this job today I'll be taken care of what, what, what do you mean you'll be no how, how can you say that that's naive you got a wife you, you know just going off and on and I said because this job's not my source this job isn't my provider this paycheck is not the end this is not the end result here I have a different source and if this one dries up, he's going to make sure another way comes in for me to be taken care of. And I told him, I said, I'm only living 24 hours at a time. Because that's what Jesus said. Take no thought for tomorrow. Because it has its own worries. Take no thought. In the King James Version, it says, be anxious for nothing. Anxiety, worry is the opposite of peace. So why did he say, take no thought? He was saying, if you want to be at peace, don't put your mind on something that's not peaceful. If you want to be at peace, you got to get your mind at peace. You can't have a stressed out mind and be at peace. And so even when there were opportunities to stress out, even when there were opportunities to think about tomorrow and what's coming and what's going to happen, I had to choose to keep my mind at peace. Now, was it easy? Of course not. Of course not. Because, again, this is the world we live in. That paycheck is literally all I get. That paycheck is literally how I keep a roof over my head and keep food on my table and keep gas in my car. So it's real easy to think without that check. But we can do that about anything. We can always have opportunities 
to get out of peace. Not lose the feeling of peace, literally step outside of peace. And so we have to first recognize that if we're going to get in peace, we got to get our mind at peace. You know, we, we talked about it many times when we talk about mind renewal and transforming your mind because I can't get you anywhere that I don't first get your mind. If I can't get you thinking peace, I will never get you in peace. You will always follow your mind, and you will never get anywhere that you don't first get your mind around it. If you don't train your mind to think a certain way, you'll never live that way. And so, again, we see another connection where if I'm going to live something out spiritually in the natural, I've got to get my thought process there. I've got to think peace. I've got to think the right thoughts that are going to produce that peace or else I'm not going to be in peace. John chapter 6, verse 63. How do we get our mind on peace? Well, John chapter 6 and verse 63, Jesus is speaking. He said, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Okay, so let's follow the, tri- let's follow the chain so far. Peace is spiritual, not natural. Peace, peace is not tied to things in the natural, what I see, how I feel. Peace is tied to something spiritual that overrides the natural. Jesus in this verse says, it is the spirit who gives life. My words that I speak are spirit. So if I'm going to receive spiritual peace, I've got to get my mind on something that is of the spirit. That means I'm not looking for someone to give me good news naturally to get peace. I'm looking for someone to give me words spiritually that bring peace. So how do I get peace in my life? Get my mind at peace. And how do I get my mind at peace? Get my mind in the word. The word of God is the only constant that you have in your life. So you might as well get used to being in it. The word of God is the only thing in this entire world that will never change. The word of God is the only thing in our lives that can produce the peace that we're looking for. Look, if you want a feeling of peace, then you can go look for that naturally. You can go look for another line of credit, and you can go... Quit your job and look for another job, and you can go try to find the right employer and the right coworkers. You can go and, and, and get out of that marriage and get in another marriage. You can play that game all you want, but peace, true peace, is not tied to those natural things. True peace is tied to the Word of God. So now, let me get the Word and let me apply that in my job and in my marriage and in my finances and in my body. Then I'll get true peace then I will be in peace. 
not just get another short wave of feeling of peace that is going to be here today and gone tomorrow. I don't know about you, but I've got enough in my life that fluctuates. <laughs> I've got enough in my life that wants to be on a roller coaster. I need something that's constant. I need something that's always going to be the same. I need something that w- I need something that when I wake up tomorrow, I know it's not changing because this economy is not constant. This health care is not constant. This nation isn't constant. Our leaders aren't constant. My job isn't constant. The, the money I make today isn't constant. The way I feel in my body isn't constant. So I need to get a hold of something that's consistent, never changing, always the same. And that's the word of God. He said, my words are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You realize that's one of the greatest promises that you could ever get? You can't say that about anything. You can't say, my car is the same yesterday, today, and forever. My house is the same. You can't say that about your marriage. You can't say that about your kids, but you can say that about the word of God. So if you get the word of God in your mind, in your thought process, if you choose to think on that, meditate on that, then you'll find yourselves consistent when everything else is changing. You'll find yourself feeling the same, acting the same, Responding the same, regardless of what happens in life. And everything else is just going around you. And you are staying constant. You're staying the same. And not getting out of peace. In John 14, verse 27, just throw it real quick on the screen. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Why does he have to clarify Because the world will try to give you peace. That's why there's credit card commercials. That's why every four years we vote for a new president. There's many different ways that the world will try to offer you peace. But notice there is no substitute. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither be afraid. What does he do right here? He just identified the opposites of peace. A troubled heart and fear. He said, I'm giving you peace. I can give you peace. And my peace is way better than what the world can offer you. My peace will override. My peace takes precedence. My peace I give to you. The world can't give you what I can give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. If you are in peace, your heart won't be troubled, and you won't be afraid. Nobody likes to be afraid. Nobody likes to worry. Nobody likes to be stressed, except for these two girls that I work with. I think they actually liked it. (laughs) Nobody likes to be stressed. Nobody likes to be anxious. Nobody likes to live life always going around a corner and you don't know what's around there. 
I'm not saying you won't ever have those moments where you don't know what's around the corner. What I am saying is you won't change regardless of what's around the corner. You can go around that corner and say, oh, yeah, I got that. It doesn't matter. It could be a blessing or a curse. It doesn't matter because I'm blessed regardless. I could go around that corner and they tell me, pack your stuff. We don't need you anymore. All right. I'm at peace. I'm constant. Look, I know to this world it sounds idiotic and brainless and clueless, but that's what we're supposed to look like because the day's going to come when it happens to them, and they're going to say, how come you were so peaceful? You got that report from the doctor. I got the same one. See, they make fun of you now. Oh, you're just one of those holy rollers. You're just one of those church people. Were you going to go pray? You're going to cast a demon out of me? They'll make fun of you now. But the day they lose their job, the day they get the doctor's report, the day their wife or husband leaves them, the day their kids choose they don't want to talk to them, who guess who they're coming to? I need to go find that constant person. I need to go find that one that stayed the same no matter what. I need to go find the one that was consistent regardless of what was going on. I need what they have. And you want to be around when that happens. They don't want to look at you and say, well, I mean, why should I go to church? They were just as inconsistent as I am. They they never had any peace. They were just as worried about losing their job as I was. No, they want to go to the person that responds and reacts differently to the things that happen in life. They want to look at the one that no matter what was going on, they stayed the same. Go to Philippians chapter 4. This is where we break it down. This is where we break down a life of peace, perpetual state of peace. You know, a lot of times there's things that we preach and there's things that we're up here. And I'll tell you, I'm, I'm not just preaching to you. I'm preaching to myself. I've got opportunities day in and day out to get stressed, to worry, to be anxious. And there's times that we get up here and we do these scriptures and we read this stuff and we say, okay, but how do I actually do that? This is an application, church, because a hearer only is only a deceived person. You're the most deceived person on the face of the planet because you heard something and thought, oh, cool, now it's going to be that way. And then you get out there in the real world and you realize everything's still the same because we got to be doers. Bible says don't be hearers only, be doers of the word. So I want to show you how to literally apply being a peaceful person and living a perpetual life of peace. It's really simple. Philippians chapter 4. Let me get there real quick. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Verse 7, and the peace of God, not the peace of the world, the peace of God, 
which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let's read it again. Right there in the New King James, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. Anxious means to worry. And the word to worry, we've seen this before, means to divide into parts. A person that worries is trying to think on more than one thing at one time. They're dividing their thoughts. They're splitting up. A person that worries says, I know it could be this way, but this is what I really see. We can't be that person. Be anxious for nothing. Now that word nothing means nothing. (laughs) It means just that. Be anxious for nothing. Paul's not saying be anxious for nothing except for when they lay you off. Be anxious for nothing except when there's no money in the bank. That's not what he's saying. Be anxious for nothing, all-inclusive. There is nothing that we should be anxious for. But in everything, you know, I like those words, nothing in everything, because it leaves no doubt. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. What's he doing here? He is giving us the formula for peace. It's almost like you got a math problem. And he's saying X plus Y equals Z. And you have to fill in the X and the Y and the Z. X, worry about nothing. Why? Pray about everything. Z and the peace of God, which surpasses all knowledge and understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He has just given you the formula for peace. Look at it in the New Living, the New Living Translation. Don't worry about anything. (laughs) I told you it was simple. It's the application that makes it difficult. But Paul is making it very simple. How do you live in peace? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. My son has a CD. (laughs) Y'all got it too. My son has a CD that someone gave us when, uh, when he was born, and we've literally played it from the day he got home every single night. We were looking at it the other day on the computer. iTunes tells you how many times you play a certain song, and those songs have been played like over a thousand times. Plays over and over all night long. And one of the songs is... Don't worry about anything. I'm not going to sing it. I can't sing. (laughs) But it's literally that right there. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Don't complain to God about your problems. Let me qualify this. Sometimes we talk to God 
Like, one, he doesn't know what's going on in our life. And two, he can't do anything about it. Oh, yeah, it got quiet. (laughs) It got quiet. We need to pray, meaning, Father, I'm communicating with you about this situation in my life because, one, you told me to ask you to bring my petitions and make them known to you. And, two, I know you know the answer and you know how to get me out of this predicament. And so I am leaning on you because I'm not going to be wise in my understanding, but I want to be wise in your understanding. There's a difference between venting to God and praying to God. And sometimes we just get in situations where we're just telling God all of our problems and we're just, we're, we're just venting our frustrations when he's saying, pray, communicate with me, which means I'm talking to God and God is talking back. Many times we, it's almost like we get on the phone with God and then at the end of our part of talking, we hang up on him when he's about to go, but, oh, I was going to tell you how to get out of it, but. Because communication is both ways. Then watch this. And thank him for all he has done. The Israelites in the wilderness were some of the most stressed out, anxious, worried people you'll ever see in your entire life. And that's because they never took time to thank him. All they did was just tell God a bunch of problems. All they did was just get so worried and so anxious and so consumed with themselves that they couldn't think. He got us across a Red Sea. So surely he can get us water out here in the middle of the wilderness. He's given us manna for breakfast in the morning. So surely he can find a way to get us dinner. At night. And they died there. They were so stressed out, so worried, so anxious, that they never stopped. They they did the opposite of this. They worried about everything. They didn't pray about anything, and they didn't thank God for all that He had done. I'll tell you right now, the biggest key for you to know that God is going to get you through the thing you're going through now is to remind yourself of the things he got you through before. But I've been there. I know how it is. You get in this situation, you're thinking, man, yeah, you got me through that before, but this is different. This this one's, all right, God, here we go. I got a real, I got a real doozy for you. I know you, I know you took care of me last month. I, I know you gave me favor uh, you know, last time, but I got a real good one for you now. When God can do it all, look back on his faithfulness. Remind yourself of what he's done for you in the past and thank him for everything he's done for you in the past. Then verse 7, the product of doing these things, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. You know why it exceeds what you can understand? Because it's spiritual, not natural. That's why people will look at you and say, why are you at peace? 
Why are you so calm? Why aren't you worried and stressed out and concerned? His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now watch this. Why does peace have to guard our hearts and our minds? Worry, fear, and anxiety come to attack peace in your life. Because the enemy knows as long as you are in peace about something, he can't get you. See, a lot of times we do the devil's fighting for him. A lot of times we put ourselves in positions where he really can just stand back and just watch us annihilate ourselves. Self-destruct. But he knows. He can't touch you if you're at peace. Do you realize that? He cannot touch you. If you are at peace. Why? Because your heart and your minds are guarded. They're protected. That, that term guard there in the original Greek is a military word. As if they put up, uh, uh, put around a, 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 a perimeter that was going out and stopping anything from getting to the city. It's a military term. When you are in peace, it will literally guard off anything that would try to attack it in your life. And it will guard your heart so you don't have a troubled heart. And it will guard your mind so you can properly think on the right thing. This is how important peace is. Peace will keep you from ever worrying again. Peace will keep you from ever being anxious again. Peace will keep you from ever getting stressed out again. You can literally live the rest of your life stress-free. Order now. Only three easy payments of nineteen ninety-nine. We've all heard it. Here's the, but wait, there's more. No, this is the formula right here. This is your X plus Y equals Z. If you follow this pattern, so how does that work? The instant a thought of worry, fear, or anxiety comes, you stop right there. You arrest your mind. Well, I can't help thinking about it. Yeah, you can. The Bible says you can in fact, I'll go ahead and tell you this. The mind is the only thing in the Bible that's mentioned that God doesn't have control over. Jesus did so many miracles, so many signs, so many wonders, but the one thing he couldn't control was the Pharisees' minds. That's why he kept telling them, repent, think differently, because I can't get there. I can't get you there if you don't get your mind there. Repent. Change your thinking. The Bible tells us to set our minds. The Bible tells us to forget things. Forget what lies behind and press on. The Bible tells us to remember things. 
The Bible tells you what to think on, what to set your mind on. It lays out everything for you. Now you're the one that has to put your mind there. So the second that thought comes, I was listening to a, a testimony of, of Kenneth E. Hagin. And when he was early on in ministry, he had plenty of times to be, uh, to, to worry and be anxious. In fact, he said that he came from a family of world-class warriors, is what he said. When he was born, his uh, mom was single, was a single mom. Uh, the, her, his dad had ran off, and so she was raising him and brothers and sisters, and, and there was just always stress in his entire life, always stressed about something, stressed about money, stressed about where you're going to get this, stressed how you're going to do that, just always stress, always worry, always anxiety in his life. He was born with a, a deformed heart, was bed rest at the age of 16. So his entire childhood, he had to wrestle with his heart and his health. Just always worried. But he said that by reading this verse here, he realized that prayer was the answer to getting rid of any fear, worry, and anxiety. That's why it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, Pray about everything. Prayer is how you get out of worry. Prayer is how you get in peace. Pray about it, then let it go. Cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Have you ever told somebody something that you know didn't really care? And when you walked away, you still carried the burden of it. Because you knew they didn't really care. They can't do anything for me. I'm going to tell you tonight, God cares. And he is qualified to carry your cares. Because here's what we do. We cast our cares. And then we take them right back. When you cast your cares, leave them there because he can take it. He's big enough. He's big enough. He's strong enough. He can carry the weight. You don't have to carry it anymore. Don't pick it back up. Cast your cares and leave them there. So when you're in prayer... And you cast that, the only way you're going to walk away at peace is if you set your mind not to continue to think on it again. Every time that thought comes up, Father, I thank you that I'm, I can cast my cares on you because you care for me. And so I put this in your hands. I put this situation. But here's what happens. You walk away. Man, that's, I don't know how it's going to be. You need to give voice to it. We, we do a lot of praying in our heads, and we really need to get out of that. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. When you pray, you need to be vocal. You give mouth to everything else. Give mouth to your prayers. 
Get vocal about what God says. Come on, we talk about everything else. We, we, we have no problem shouting out, man, I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill. As soon as you see the envelope in the mail, as the first thing it comes, you don't just think it. You don't do that. You know you're walking all the way back in the house. I don't know how I'm going to take care of it. Don't they know what? Golly. You're, you're voicing the whole thing the whole time. And then we get in there and we, we read the verses and we go, Man, I don't know how I'm going to pay that bill. Just golly. Give voice to it. Communicate it. Place a demand on God and his word to come through for you every time. And get in a habit of it. I don't care if you have to repeat that 15 times in a row. Sometimes you just got to convince yourself. You, your spirit man knows it. Your spirit man sitting inside saying, come on, dummy, you got this thing. Let's get this. Let's get the mind out of the way. Let's get all this natural stuff out of the way. You know we got this. We know we trust in God's word. We know God can take care of it. But on the outside, we walk away. So then what you do? You walk away. Man, I don't know. Father, I thank you. You said in your word that I could cast, and you do it every time. Every time you catch yourself having that thought. Kenneth Hagin said that he would wake up in the middle of the night just stir crazy, just thinking about whatever was on his mind, whatever the anxiety was. And he said right there he'd get out of bed and start praying about it. You've got to give voice to it. We've got to get away from this praying in our minds and thinking the word in our minds but saying everything else. If, if you are... Saying it with your mouth the other way, then say it with your mouth the right way. Well, I just feel weird talking to myself. You're talking to yourself anyways. What's the difference? You're saying it anyways. That's why James said, you know, the tongue is such a vile thing. Blessing and cursing both come from it. We need to be a people where only blessing is coming out. We need to be people that give voice to what is being put in our minds. And I promise you, if you started being more vocal about what goes in your minds, you would recognize more quickly the thoughts that don't belong in there. See, sometimes we don't think we actually think as negative as we do. But if you would start giving more thought to it, you would find out, wow, I really think that way. I was really thinking that. But if we would give more voice to God's word, we would realize, I need to be thinking on that more. I need to think on that. I need to confess that all the way to work. I need to confess. As soon as I see that bill, Father, you know right now, naturally, there's no way I can take care of this, but you know the way. You know where the source is, and I thank you for your favor. And I put this in your hands. I let it go, and I will not give it another thought. But then the thought comes right back. Pray it again. Pray it again. Pray it again. 
pray it again. Pray it until you are convinced that it truly is in God's hands and you're not going to try to figure out a way. Because how many times do we void God's favor and God's blessing in our life because we say, God, I give it to you. Now let me see what I can do. And he's saying, you're going to give it to me or you're going to see what you can do? You've got to learn to trust. You've got to learn. He wants you to win. He wants the right, proper outcome every single time in your life. But you have to truly give it to him. Isaiah chapter 26. Throw it up on the screen real quick. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on you. Not whose life is all beds of roses. Not who goes to church every weekend. It's just automatic. No, it's you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind. Peace is directly related to what you are thinking, to what your mind is on. Now, in closing, verse 8, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, see, if you're wondering right now, okay, what am I supposed to be thinking about? I got that one. All right, I got you covered. There's no excuses here now. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is any pra- anything praiseworthy, meditate, think on, over and over, chew on, over and over on these things. There's your list. I mean, we need to start going through our lives and start analyzing what we're thinking about. And here's what you need to do. You need to ask yourself this question. It's very simple. It's a yes or no question. Very easy. Did that thought come from God or the devil? What if you lose your job? Did that thought come from God or the devil? What if my kids don't make it? Did that thought come from God or the devil? What if I can't pay my mortgage? Did that thought come from God or the devil? And when you start asking yourself that question, it becomes very identifiable which thoughts need to go and which thoughts need to stay. It's simple. It's simple method. Whatever things are just, pure, lovely, whatever. I mean, this last one just really wraps it up. Whatever things are of good report, is it a good report or a bad report? If it's a bad report, throw it out. 
That thought does not belong in your mind. And if you continue to think that way, you will be stressed, worried, anxious, and fearful. Because carnal minds reap death. Well, what is worry? What is stress? What is fear? Anxiety. That's death. Meaning there's, there, it ends. There's, there's nothing that, that it doesn't produce life. But spiritually minded people have their minds producing life and peace. So we've got to go through, we've got to analyze our thoughts. And the second the thought comes, would, that, would God tell me that my marriage isn't going to make it? Would God tell me that my finances, I'm, I'm never going to be able to take care of this? Would God tell me? No. It's very easy. No, he wouldn't tell you those things. So then you throw that thought out. You say, God, I know that thought is not of you. I know that didn't come from you. And so I throw that thought out, and now I think on what your word says. Your word says that I'm the head, not the tail. Your word says that I have all uh, blessing in spiritual places. Your word says that I've been blessed with all uh, 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 the uh, spiritual riches in heavenly places. Your word says that I don't have to live in sickness and in pain my entire life, that I have healing. Your word, you sent your word and it healed me, cured me of all my disease. Your son took stripes on his back. That's what you need to be thinking on. That will produce life and that will produce peace even when everything is still chaotic. Notice that peace doesn't instantly change the outside circumstance. Notice that being in peace is not a product of all of a sudden having money in your account and your marriage going great and your kids acting right and the job, uh, you know, favor showing up on the job. Faith will, the, the peace will produce those things. But peace is not monitored by those things. It's simply living a life, choosing not to be moved by what you see, not to be moved by how you feel, and choosing to think on something that is more real than what you currently see. I don't care how sick you are right now. There is something that is more real than the sickness that's in your body, and it's called healing. It's already been provided for you, and you can be at peace even when they've told you you have three months to live. That's how real this peace is. We've got to be people that live in perpetual peace because I'm going to tell you right now, nobody else out there is doing it. Nobody in the kingdom of darkness is walking in perpetual peace. It's not possible. Peace is only a characteristic of the kingdom of God. So the people that are in that kingdom need to start operating and living in peace. Need to start living a life of perpetual peace. He's given us the formula. He's giving us the answer. He's given us the how-to. And now we just need to apply the word. Verse 9, last verse. Philippians chapter 4, verse 9. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me 
these do. And the God of peace will be with you. These things do. It wasn't enough to learn and receive and hear and see. There was an application that's necessary. Peace comes in the doing. Peace comes in the applying of the word of God. Peace comes as a result of doing what you learn and receive and hear and see. We've got to be people of peace. We have to be people of peace. That's our mandate. The church, the body of Christ, Jesus in the earth is here for one reason. And one reason alone. And that's to bring the kingdom of heaven to the earth. You think God's worrying about anything up there? You think there's any stress in heaven? You think there's any, anyone up there on the verge of a mental breakdown? Because they can't handle everything that's going on? Absolutely not. And Jesus said, this is how I want you to pray. Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's no worry. It's stress-free. Stress-free living. And he says, now I want you to pray, and I want you to command that the earth get a little taste of what heaven looks like. Well, I can't get my coworkers not to stress. You're not supposed to. The kingdom of God is in you. They're supposed to see the kingdom through you. They're supposed to see stress-free living in you. That's why we're here. What a shame that God sent us to this world to make an impact on these people, and we get just as stressed out as they do. And we've all done it. But we've got to be a people that choose to change our thinking. Choose to repent. Choose to be transformed and renew our minds. So that way we don't conform to the stressed out world that we live in. I'm not saying you won't have anything to be stressed out about. I'm saying that you will choose not to be stressed about all the mess that goes on around you. Because let me remind you that you are here to change the mess. You're here to influence the mess. They're messed up because they're waiting for you to make influence in their lives. And no matter what we have going on around us, if we remain constant, if we remain consistent, if we remain unchanged, they will see that. It will be a testimony. It will be a light in darkness. It will be a witness that there is another nation. There is another kingdom. There is another world. We are operating not according to the world's standards and system, but to the kingdom of God. And there's no stress when you operate to that standard because he takes care of you every 24 hours. You've got food on your table today, even though there's nothing to take care of tomorrow. We are thinking about today. We're concerned with today, and we're concerned with putting everything in God's hands. And we'll be stress-free. 
strong hearts, strong minds, never in fear, never in chaos, never concerned or worried, never anxious about anything. We're just consistent, no roller coasters. We're just on the straight line in the kingdom of God. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Father, I thank you for your peace. I thank you for your peace, your peace that passes all understanding. That means when people see us in peace, they won't understand it. Father, we won't understand it. Why are you so peaceful? I don't know. I just know that my God's going to take care of it. It doesn't have to make sense to our natural minds. It doesn't have to make sense to how we think and how we feel. It doesn't have to make sense in those arenas. It has to make sense in our hearts. And we know this, that we can place full trust in you, full assurance, full confidence that you will fulfill your word in our lives. No matter what comes against us, we will remain consistent. We will remain unchanged. Father, I thank you tonight for your peace. For any person that's in this room that has had a reason to stress out lately, that maybe we're going through something right now, tonight, there's something going on in our lives. Father, I pray that you strengthen them through your son, Jesus Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Father, I pray you strengthen them right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you that your peace encompasses their minds, encompasses their hearts, encompasses their lives, Father. That they will have a, a, a total new assurance in your word, far beyond anything they've ever had. No matter what's going on, if it's a bill that needs to be paid, if it's sickness in the body, if it's a concern about a job, or if it's uh, relationships, whatever it is, Father, I thank you right now that you are causing peace to come over their lives right now. And we release our minds to think on your word. We release our minds to think on what you say about us, not what everybody else says about us. And we want to be doers of your word. We want to apply your word. We want to live out your word. And Father, because of that, people are going to come to know you. People that we thought were far off, people that we thought were uh, impossible to get to church, impossible to want to know anything about you and your kingdom. Father, I thank you it's going to be easy because we're going to be living a life of peace the characteristic of your kingdom and we're going to be able to lead them right to your throne I thank you right now Father for every person in this room I thank you that your peace becomes priority in their life it takes over their life I thank you that we seek after that peace we yearn and, and long after that peace Father and I thank you that we will enjoy stress free living from this day on in Jesus name and everyone said Amen, Amen.